Welcome to Pop After Dark, the pop culture podcast that's not the same as all the others. I gave you the force, but the very next day you gave it to Ray this year to save me from tears. I'll hang out with all the poor hogs. Now, the the absolute only problem with that is right. there's a, a very slight delay when you hit when a call starts and you can hit record. So uh, we didn't get Last Jedi, but at the same time, I think it was pleasing. Well, it was, and I think that when we actually um, should because, I do it again? No, no, it's fine. My ears are just recovering, but. Um, the, I mean, the thing is, because it will be... I can do a remix. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, because, um, because obviously, there's some intro music, and this will kind of lead into into that, I, I think it'll be a good juxtaposition. Uh, juxtaposition. So I, I, I think you're fine. I think you're fine. That's that's the that's the beauty um, of, of what happened there. So a happy accident, and a happy welcome to... Uh, a happy welcome. A happy welcome to, to <laughs> Isn't what... that what you usually get at a massage parlour? Almost. It's the, almost the opposite of that. Um, right. But this is the podcast that is still currently known as Pop After Dark because we've been too lazy to change the name of it, but that might be coming. We haven't decided yet. Um, when we do change it, can I sing the theme tune? No. Uh, Last Jedi. <laughs> the opening bars of... Um, I'm I'm me, and you're Whitey. Uh, <laughs> as always, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, We're recording this mere hours after, and it is mere hours, even though yours is, is a much greater amount of time distance between. Uh, Feels like a long it. time ago in a galaxy um, far, far away. Uh, yeah, so so this is our. If you hadn't already guessed by the ju- the jingle at the beginning, it's the last Jedi special that we're doing. Um, record time. Record time for an interruption on the podcast, by the way. Yeah, I know. You know. You, t- you tell them, kids, don't talk to me. What do they do? They talk to you. Yeah. I mean, I tell them that when I'm not even recording. <laughs> That's nice. It's top parenting, that. Um. So, yes, we are talking about the fact that we have been to see The Last Jedi, which came out in the UK mere hours ago, and he's about to come out in America and other markets. How long before it's out, out in America? Uh, another, another, by the time we record this, about five hours. I think. Really? Yeah, it's not long. It's not long. Well, be out DVD here soon, wouldn't it? Cool, blimey. I know, I know. It's the first time. It's the first time. Um, now, as is standard when we record one of these episodes, we have not talked... Um, before we don't talk ever. This is the genuinely we, we don't get on. Yeah, it's like Adam Deck. It's, it's like Adam Deck. One's in rehab. That's it. And yeah, and I'm in rehab. Um, so we haven't talked about how we we felt about the film. So this is where we find out how we felt about the Last Jedi. Before I ask you your opinion, um, mm. you went to see it at midnight, a midnight screening. Feeling that you would get the best type of audience at a midnight screening. Uh, I... Well, no, I mean, it's one of, I think it, we do need to point out as well. We say this for the podcast because this is such a big movie. Um, there will be spoilers galore. So please, if you haven't seen it or you think about seeing it, um, switch off the podcast and save it for later because there will be spoilers and you don't want this movie spoiled. So stay away I from agree. this until you've seen it. I agree on that, by the way. Um, 
so you and there's went... spoilers out there there's spoilers out really there. already yeah oh, okay. yeah yeah it's painful but the thing is i mean you you know me and i'm sure listeners have heard how i feel about the trailers and you know all the uh, various promotions and in that i believe there's spoilers yeah, um, I, I, I mean, there were things yes. there were things that happened in the film that I I had spoiled for me from merchandise. Um, not yeah. even going out of my way to see, but yeah, I mean, nothing nothing major, major. But I'll I'll reference it when we come up to it. But yeah, there was. Okay. Um, so you went and saw it at midnight. Uh, I went and saw it this morning in IMAX 3D. I don't think they had a midnight screening in IMAX, and I wanted to see it in IMAX. Um, but well. I also knew that I probably wouldn't be able to. Uh, get a stay awake for a midnight screening at my humble age. So uh, another reason for going during the day. Um, get old, so big. I am very. I am really getting old. Uh, How was it seeing um seeing the film in the morning? Because I tend to I like seeing a movie in the morning because it feels like I'm bunking off. Yes. Yeah. Very. It felt very much like that actually. Yeah. A bit naughty. A bit like you were bunking. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, you did feel that way, and you said it was sold out, wasn't it? If it wasn't sold out, there were very few seats there. I mean, yeah. I looked before, just before the screening started, and I mean, I, I couldn't see any any seats. IMAX is obviously uh, normally has tends to have less seats anyway than a normal screening because generally, because of the size of the screen, the the seats are, are fewer than in, right, in, other, right. in other screens. The, the um, seats are fewer. I believe that movie's coming out next year, the seats are fewer. Is that a Clint Eastwood one on the train? Clint Eastwood. I'm going to need that seat, sucker. I'm not, I don't know why he says sucker. No, I don't no. think he's ever said that. No. Is that, is that Booker T playing Clint Eastwood? You can never have too much Clint Eastwood, though. So, so um, uh, uh, did you go with the wife? My wife! We did. It was the two of us that went. Yeah, nice, nice, yeah. nice. And may I ask, because I'm always intrigued, hmm. what what do you have for a snack for a morning screening? You can't really go. You, you can't really go too too far out with this kind of thing. You're not going to have a bacon sandwich, uh, especially if you're vegetarian no. or, or Jewish. Um, I'm I'm neither of those things. I'm going to be or one of those things soon, but. Um, but I'm not. I'm not one of those at the moment. So uh, that's another podcast. Yeah, about my journey into Judaism. But um, yeah, uh, popcorn, popcorn, and I was Jews gonna have. Dark. Love that. Jews <laughs> Jews that Jews Sounds Donald Trump's calls. Um, yeah, I, I, you can't, you can't really change the status quo too much. So I did have uh, popcorn, and I was gonna have a Coke Zero. Other soft drinks right. are available. Um, but there was a TV uh, that they, my, my local Cine World, which is where I went to see it, Cinema Chain, um, they just had all their, it's just been refurbished. As of this week, it just oh, reopened. Um, so they had um, a lot of uh, animated video screens advertising stuff uh, rather than static okay. menus. So they advertised the fact that there was a new dark cherry uh, ice blast, which is a type of slushy. Um, in, oh, right. in, in conjunction for the Last Jedi, so I was like, "Well, I can't not have the Star Wars thing drink." So I had a dark cherry slush. How how did yeah. they bring dark cherry into Star Wars? They just called it dark. So like the dark side of the force, isn't it? Really, that's that's right. Uh, that's as uh, that's as far as the marketing department went with that. I, I, let's not be around the bush. They they could have uh, they could have been a bit better with it, but they weren't. So, yeah. 
I, I don't really know. Um, I, I don't really get it, but that's what they're doing. So, yeah, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a funny one. Um, I'm just looking. This is recording, but it's recording it in, in chunks. In chunks? Yeah. Mm. I don't know what's happening here. I'm hoping it's all right. Um, anyway, we'll carry on. Hopefully everything's going to be recorded, so it'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's, that's what we did. That's, that's how we, we started it. Um, well, I'll I tell, I tell, tell you about my screening. Because yeah, midnight, I, midnight. When, it's another, that's a funny time. Well, um, well it, wasn't just, it wasn't just midnight. Um, what I did for this one um, was, because you know I love a super screen. A super screen is a big old screen. And I don't have one near-ish. I had right. to travel on the two trains to get to the O2 Arena for this one. Two trains. Two, tra- two trains means it's a bit of a distance, but not too far. I mean, I'm sure if, you, if we've got you know, a couple of listeners from America, these guys might have to travel. We're in London. We're spoiled for choice for cinemas. Correct. Um, so I, on the train, it maybe took from door to door an hour. That's no time whatsoever. Okay. Um, but it's not local enough in that the trains would stop running about one o'clock in the morning. Mm. And also the film was starting at midnight. But for a big film, I'll go out of my way for this one to get the super screen effect. And um, I went for the double bill showing. So we had the Force Awakens at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and also all the trailers and the credits outside the half nine. Um, and then we had um, The Last Jedi at midnight. Now... I had something happen that's never happened to me ever in the history I, of that. I saw, yeah. And yeah, I posted a little thing on social media. Now, what happened was I've taken my seat and I got mine when they went on sale. So I had like, you know, the seat that I, you know, would have chosen, which was two rows from the front tiered, bang in the middle. I went on my Jack Jones, which is on my own, um, but I was bang in the middle. Sometimes you see people that go to cinema on their own, they'll take the aisle seat. I'm not too bored about that. I'll sit in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took my seat, and immediately when Force Awakens, and bear in mind, like, you're assuming everyone in that cinema has already seen Force Awakens. You'd like to think so. Yeah. The dude sitting to my left, he had himself one of them little bad guy lightsabers thingies. And um, the film started... And immediately with the first scene, like he's he's laughing out loud to literally every action. Like to say every scene, it wouldn't like he'd be laughing throughout every scene. Like you get end scene and then rest. He was laughing with every nuance. And I'm like, Force Awakens ain't no comedy sucker. Like, what are you laughing at, man? And I'm thinking, like, how can I then approach this? Because this is bugging me. Some, if I pick up on something like that, like ticking of a clock bugs me. This dude is laughing, like, and it's, oh, a, it's and an out loud. It's an LOL. This even isn't even an understatement or done for comedic effects. I mean, this you do generally get annoyed if you can hear something ticking. You're like Captain Hook. It, it's, it's, I can't stand. It. I, I honestly thought when this sucked, because I mean, I've not known this of you the entire friendship. This is something I've become yeah. very aware of in about the last year year and a half or so but he's yeah, yeah. like he's like being around captain captain hook i genuinely <laughs> i honestly thought you was taking a piss when you, you first mentioned it uh but this is genuine 
oh, I can't stand it, man. Yeah. Oh, it, it grains on me, man. I can't handle it. Um, and similar to this, because it was with every action, and now oh, for you I'm the podcast, the movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was at a stage where I'm watching something. I'm like, he's gonna laugh at this, isn't he? Um, and it was one of those like stupid nerdy laughs, like <laughs> one of them sort of thing. And then if something like fractionally funny was to happen, it'd be all over the place. I'm thinking you don't do that reaction. If you're watching a Friends episode, everyone's seen Friends, and you know what happens, you know where the comedy is. You don't laugh out loud. You laugh inside yourself if you find it funny. But the dude was laughing like when um, Finn wakes up and the eyes are open. He was laughing at that. When you see a Poe's spaceship, um, get uh, eaten up by the sand. He was creasing up, and I'm like, mate, if you're laughing this much, a movie you've seen. He had a lightsaber, so I'm guessing he's seen it 412 times. What are you going to do to yourself when you see a movie you've been waiting years for? So I thought, you know what? You are, yeah, but he won't be able to control himself, surely. Mm. So um, within 20 minutes, I'm like, no, nah, I can't handle this. And I figured you can't talk, you can't say to someone, can you please stop enjoying yourself? Because all he was doing was laughing. You, you know, I think it might be, it, it, I think it's, I think it must be some kind of condition or something. Um, there, there, there's... See, I, I thought I thought maybe it's like a Tourette's. Maybe it's like one of those. Mm. But I think it was just because he was a nerd that he was doing it. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't buy it. I think it's got to be something more than that. I don't. Do you, I, no, because things. I went out because um, uh, so twenty minutes in. I'm like, no, nah, can't handle this. Went out to get my seat changed because I can't be sitting next to him for like from nine p.m. till three a.m. Yeah. Um, so went out and I spoke, like I said to a woman, and I was being jovial about it because I felt bad. Like yeah. I'm literally moving seats because someone's having a better time than me <laughs> on the surface. Um, and her, she, her remark was basically, "Yeah, we get that quite a lot." And I'm like, "Really?" Well, but then the, since then the mind's wandering, and I'm thinking perhaps it's the same guy. And people just can't stomach sitting next to the same guy yeah. because he laughs at everything. Yeah. So I, I moved seats and I ended up having to sit on an aisle seat, but at least um, the person next to me wasn't laughing. Which is great because you, there's nothing you enjoy more than standing constantly up and down whilst people would, like get later and later into the screening. Yeah. To, that's the time they're going to start watching the film. In fact, this is the thing. So, so you say about later in the screening, we had, um, so obviously Force, Force Awakens finished at about half 11. Yep. Um, everyone's ducked out. There was a queue for the gents. Yep. The ladies could come and go as they please because it is a bit of a cockfest of a movie. Yep. And um, it got to midnight and they've not started, like the, the lights are still up, like it's not gone into darkness. There's nothing on the screen. And like I can hear the couple a few rows back, they're starting to think, oh, should we go and tell them? Like, they've not started the trailers or the adverts or anything yet. Yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. going to be behind. And then uh, six minutes past midnight, so it was a bit of a delay sort of thing. Six minutes is quite a long time when you're expecting punctuality. Um, six minutes past midnight, Last Jedi, straight away, no trailers, no adverts. Boom, six minutes past midnight film begins and i ain't kidding it caught so many people out because people like jogged on the force awakens movie mm. and went like were coming straight for the midnight 
and as you uh, I, I know you well do they would have skipped the adverts mm. and looked to get there for about quarter past 20 past midnight so it caught a lot of people out uh, yeah i mean this is the first film in probably about four or five months and actually it's, it's the reason why i think that i've been deliberately trying to skip uh trailers because yeah. i've been trying and i've i succeeded i managed i, I don't know how but I managed to do it as of recording. I've still not seen the second trailer for the full, uh, for the Last Jedi. Um, I managed to avoid it at all costs, yeah. and I did very well yeah. on that. But yeah, this um, today was the first time yeah. in months that I was in there for the adverts for the trailers. There wasn't many. In fact, do we have any adverts? No, we had no adverts. We just had trailers. Um, oh, really? Yeah, no, no, that was it. I think that I think because it's IMAX as well. You generally don't get adverts. I find when you see yeah. IMAX. Um, so it kind of just went straight into the film. You pay a premium, um, maybe yeah. that's why you don't get the adverts. I don't know, but um, yeah. So we we just got the the straight into the trailers and, and the film. I was disappointed with the selection of trailers, if I'm completely honest. Um, oh really? Yeah. What do you have? So I oh, will just go just before we do that. So um, the reason your film came on at, at six minutes past twelve, my yeah. my guess as to why that happened. Okay. Nowadays, and it, I mean, it's not new, it's been like this for a while, but now um, films are, of course, released digitally. You don't yeah. get in the reels of film. Um, they have to be downloaded to, to be seen. Um, yeah. That's quite a common thing. And I've, I've been to screens where there's been delays for that. I wonder if because of the fact there was, you know, the film wasn't really supposed to be released until midnight, other yeah. than a few of the gala screenings that have gone on, you know, like the journalist screening and the, and the premieres, um, midnight in the UK was when it went live. And I wonder if the delay was because of them trying to, that was when the embargo for them to download the film was lifted. Or, yeah. or it hadn't been released until, you know, what's more likely is that the embargo was lifted at around 10, maybe 11 o'clock. Uh, for them to download it, and just because of of you know how many they were trying to download, uh, it took longer than than expected. So that's why I think maybe that happened. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a guess. But I've been at screenings. I went to a screening of Kickass before that came out. Um, <laughs> we're so English, Kickass. Kickass. Let's go and, and watch uh, Kickass. We was we was forty five minutes late because um, they had been given access to the file much later than expected to, and it was taking longer to, to get than, it, than they had planned. So uh, it does happen. Anyway, that's that. So trailers... But also, uh, but yeah, you're saying that, because I spoke to a couple of people, and they didn't go for the double uh, bill. Mm-hmm. They just went straight for the midnight screening. Their movie didn't start till half past midnight. Right. They got the adverts, they got the trailers. Right. So I think, I think uh, like, as you say, it was a downloading, mm. but I reckon they went from movie to movie rather than movie adverts movie yes yeah i think you're probably and also right. i will say if if anyone's still listening and hasn't they seen probably it haven't. Yet, probably, probably um already. i don't think anyone i don't think anyone actually listens to us anyway but if there is watch force awakens first i know you did last night watch it last night yeah i wasn't planning to and i and i said yeah uh, i said to the wife i said do you think we do you need to watch is what i said because yeah. Uh, unlike a lot of films, even I, I've only seen that was the fourth time I'd watched The Force Awakens. Um, okay. And although um, I'd not seen it in about a year, it, it felt very fresh in my mind. And watching yeah. it last night didn't really, there was nothing that I kind of went, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I, it was still pretty clear in my head 
yeah. what that film was about. So, but yes, I, I think I think it is. Better. I'll be honest. I, I, I felt as though I benefited from watching it mm-hmm. just because I still had Rude One in my head so much, and Rouge I was kind one, of getting yeah. yeah, and I was getting the movies tangled up a little bit. There's nothing like tangled. Um, so the trailers that I got, um, I got oh, yes. uh, Tomb Raider. <laughs> Apologies. He likes Tomb Raider, eh? Get... You didn't tell him that, did you? I, did, I, I still think it was all right. Um, <laughs> we had Tomb Raider, we had uh, the, the Maze Runner. She, she's wonderful, by the way, isn't she? Um, I, I forget I like, her name. I like uh, Alicia Vikander. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, I, yeah, I think it looks alright. I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't look amazing, but for what it is, which is a video game, game adaptation, I think it looks fine. Um, yeah. We had the, the new Maze Runner. I've seen about five minutes of a Maze Runner film, so I've got no basis on on them. Um, I know he's in them, that's about it. Um, Black Panther, which is the first time I'd seen it. Um, oh, yeah. Which, it looks good, doesn't it? Surprisingly, I was surprised in how much it did look good. Actually, I, I wasn't expecting yeah. much from it. It does look quite fun, so I will probably go. I will be going to see that at some point. Uh, yeah. Probably, I'll probably wait till it's released. Uh, I reckon if I try and see it before it comes out, I probably won't get. A chance wait, to you'll see wait. It. You'll wait for it to be released. What are you going to like bunk in and watch it like uh, uh, around someone's house that's in the movie? You have to wait for the movie to be released. You no, can't. That's what I'm saying. Like, not... I can't, I'm not going to go to. I'm not going to go to Cineworld World tomorrow and say or another cinema chain and say, "Can I have a ticket to Black Panther, please?" Because well, it's not out yet. exactly. So I'm going to wait for it to to be released before I go and watch it. That's, that's very patient of you. Sensible, sensible decision. Um, <laughs> and the last trailer we oh sorry, uh, um, the lost uh, the lost world uh, Jurassic World. To Fallen Kingdom. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I hadn't seen. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't I didn't seen know that it. was in the cinema yet. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought that's why they released it because it would be shown then. Um, I did yeah. think we would see Infinity War. I did think we would see. Uh, I was hoping we would see Solo. Because yeah, that's yeah, yeah. A lot of people film, surprised that didn't happen. That, yeah, am I right in thinking that comes out in May? Uh, it's going to be May. It's going to be May. No idea, to be honest. Sorry, mate. Sure, no idea. I'm sure it's supposed to be coming out next May, May 2018. Um, yeah. Which, it, you know, and there's been nothing so far. I know they've had a lot of problems with that film. I know, obviously, it almost got completely reshot. But you would have thought, if they're going to release a trailer for it, you'd release it with Star Wars. That would make sense. But uh, alas, yeah. no. So um, that was the trailers that I got. Uh, what did you get? Uh, I wasn't paying too much attention to trailers, to be honest. Um, I remember we did get Black Panther, and I thought he's he's in America a lot more than I assumed he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got the world's greatest showman. Okay, which I think looks, uh, I, I'm quite interested in that film, actually. And I think uh, I think the way I said it perhaps alludes to him being Jewish showman. Um, the world's greatest showman. He's a dentist. Like, like, like uh, he's like, a good dentist. Like his brother Braun. Yeah, Braun Showman. That's it. Yeah. Um, and possibly that was it. Oh, I, I walked in during the trailers. This is for Force Awakens. Uh, this is almost twenty-four hours ago, mm. and I've barely slept since. Yeah, I did that. I did that ridiculous thing of having a fifteen-minute kit, a half-hour kit before. Um, 
we were supposed to call this, and I feel worse for it, if I'm honest. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a, I, we had a bad night with the kids last night, so, um, yeah, it, we didn't get good night's sleep. Um, okay. But I will say, I will say, for the um, for midnight, because I was worried, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, that I was really feeling it after seeing uh, Justice League, and I was dozing yes. off a little bit throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have this. Right. And I was like, but, uh, and uh, yeah, it took, took me till I got home, so I started feeling tired. And ho- home was about half past four in the morning. Ouch. Yeah. And the school run was about getting up at half seven in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And you still did it, which is, uh, which is testament. Oh, no, I still got up. So, uh, we have gone almost about 20 minutes so far, I think. Um, again, it's it, 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 only about The Last Jedi. We've done really well not to talk about Last Jedi I, for 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand either that it recorded the first two minutes, the second two minutes, and now it just seems to be recording the rest of the podcast. I don't know what's going on, but we've gone on for about so 20 I'll minutes. Sing, so I'll sing the song again. No. Is, that, is that what you want? Last no. Jedi. Um, but the last Jedi, we have not revealed how we felt about the film. Um, so this is, I suppose, we should we should really start off the, the review and spoiler uh, section of the of the episode with actually finding out how we felt about the last Jedi. So why two? What did you think of the last Jedi? That's great, isn't it? Uh, I can tell you that The Last Jedi is amazing. Amazing? Said, said my wife. Wow. I, she, she, is, she is a hard woman to please. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, she's got, an appalling, she's got appalling taste in things, but she's also very hard to please. Um, so I just mean. Appalling taste because of her love of the Kardashians and being married to me. Mm. Um, I... And I've, I'm only uh, about five hours out of leaving the cinema watching The Last Jedi, as we recalled this. I am still not completely sure how I feel about it. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. I, Any reason why? Like, lots of reasons. And, we'll, and we will discuss those as, we, as we, we start talking about the film. That's what um, a podcast is. That's what a podcast is. So the first thing... <laughs> Um, we have to talk about obviously is, is you know it starts off in a familiar way the opening scroll uh, talks you you know explains what's happened or what you know what the latest is in the Star Wars world as this episode starts um, and I think a lot of the people, thing is I disagree um, like yeah we had no, the scroll and every, that noise every, expected every every Star Wars film has that except Rogue One yeah every, but apart from apart from Rouge One yep uh, the the Mulan version. Um, but I don't think it did start. I think that's what kind of leapt out a little bit. Um, that almost immediately we, or it was immediately we got the humor, we got the comedy that has sparsely been seen in Star Wars before. Well, you you say that, but I think watching and you said about watching the, the Force Awakens before you watch this one. I think what's very obvious when you watch the Force Awakens yeah. um, is compared to the traditional, we well, have to say the traditional Star Wars films, um, the original Star Wars films, the first three films, and of course the prequel series of films, yeah. 
is that, you know, there are little bits of humour in those films, but by and by, they're quite Poe-faced. Uh, speaking of Poe, oh, face he's obviously... See what, see what you did there. Oh, yeah. Very good. Thank that you very much. Very, that's, very good. That's why no one calls me a professional. Um, mm. And what, what I... A professional. What you get in, in The Force Awakens is, um, you know, the first bit of comedy in that film is with Poe. And similarly, uh, the beginning of this film, um, and it happens much quicker than it does in The Force Awakens... It takes about four minute, four or five minutes in the false wake before Poe says something funny. Um, this film, it, it's much quicker than that. Um, arguably better. I think the whole first sequence of Poe is is funnier than the beginning to the false awakens when he's funny in that. I think that whole sequence there with uh, him talking to General Hux is really good. Um, oh, it's I think hilarious. it sets it was still hilarious. early. If you was to if you were to see that in a comedy, it would be hilarious. The way the Donald Gleason, what a year this guy has had, by the way. Oh, I, I said that when we was watching the Force Awakens last night, I said this man has been in so much uh, in, in, of this year. Um, I, I mean, not in, in all the things that I've seen because I haven't seen, for example, Mother. Um, I didn't want to go and see I Mother. Really so liked it. Mother. Yeah, you're weird. Um, I knew enough about Mother to not care about it. Right, it just sounded terrible. Um, really he was, good. He was in that. Um, when I went to, uh, this is obviously a separate thing, but when I went to Universal, I didn't realise that he's the main character in the Harry Potter Escape from Gringotts ride. So okay. he's with you the entire ride, pretty much. Um, the, the like the intro to that ride and the ride itself. So uh, that's that was like he's he's everywhere this year. He was in this. He was in yeah. uh, Goodbye Christopher Robin as well. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. What else was he in? He was in. A, he was, he was in um, American Made with Tom Cruise. Of course, he was brilliant in that film as well. By the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so what's a year? And he, he played like because um, obviously we saw him in Force Awakens. But this time he played, and it, he wasn't so much a pantomime villain. Oh yes, he was. He 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 played it almost like you know one of like the old, um, like a Monty Python sort of villain, where he was like everyone was kind of sniggering behind his back, mm. sort of bad guy, and he played it brilliantly because he was still menacing. Yes. And he was still evil, mm-hmm. but also he was constantly reminded of his place. Now, one thing that I noticed in this bit, which um, I, I, I kind of noticed it at the beginning of the film and didn't notice it later on, is I think yeah. um, in that opening sequence, um, I don't, don't ask me why I focus on this, but his eyebrows and his eyes in particular looked a bit more worn yeah. in. Um, I don't know if there was like a bit of makeup around the eyes. His eyebrows seem a bit more uh, prominent as well. Um, he just looks a bit more, in a way, it looks a bit more evil. You know, like sometimes when they try and make someone look a little bit evil and just apply a bit more dark makeup around certain parts of their face. Um, yeah. And so I thought maybe between The Force Awakens and uh, The Last Jedi that um, where Snoke had been let down a bit by Kylo Ren that maybe... He had a bit of a, a transformation, got a little bit more evil in between films. Now, what I thought was interesting was the, for the rest of the film, I didn't notice that. And so I wonder if that was something that they uh, did during reshoots. 
and maybe that's why he looks a bit different. It could just be yeah. that I'm just being completely idiotic, and he's he, I've I've made that up. But to me, he looked different in that opening sequence than he did the rest of the film. I'll be honest; I didn't pay too much attention to his eyebrows. Well, no, because because you're you're not sad. And I don't know why <laughs> I did, sad. but I just like in that opening bit, I thought, oh, he looks a bit more evil than he did in the Force Awakens. But then every other sequence of the film, yeah. he looks exactly the same as the Force Awakens. So. I could be completely wrong, but to me, it looked like his his makeup was different in that scene. Um, but and, and this is the other thing, right? So, so you got that. You got him talking to Hux. Now, he's like first mate or whatever in that scene. Hmm. Is Vivian from the Young Ones? Was it? It was Aid Edmondson. No. I didn't even clock him. Oh my good god! How the hell did you not clock that? I didn't clock him at he all. He was in the field. Like he wasn't even just in that little bit. He was his right hand commander the whole film. Oh dear! How about that? And the first, like, and me, me and uh, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Branch, um, we clocked it straight away. We both looked at each other. It didn't say anything. We didn't need to, but we was like, oh. it was A. Edmondson, oh, and it was yeah. really weird. Because, you know, he's obviously not in many films. And it... The thing is, that now you say it, like, it's not even that I remember seeing him in it, but I remember, what, a couple of years ago, I remember him getting the role or getting a role for the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's not but a main character, but he's in it a lot. You know, he, he yeah. appears quite a lot in the film and, and has quite a few yeah. lines as well. Um, but I thought that whole... I thought that whole bit there was really good. I thought it was um, really, uh, really well done and yeah. set a good tone. That was a good, set a good tone for me. Yeah, and again, I, I think because um, you see from Poe immediately that you kind of got the sense from Force Awakens that he was going to be the new Han Solo. Yeah. And now that Han Solo be dead... Um, you kind of saw that he was, yeah, massive spoiler. You kind of see that he's really latching on to that lovable rogue, uh, lovable rogue one kind of character. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. So um, and, and yeah, he he had so many of the good lines, like the the funny lines. That, um, but again, I think as we said with tone, um, I think the. I hadn't really considered that because I want to avoid spoilers like anything that I wouldn't even consider thinking about the movie mm. because I, my thoughts would potentially become a spoiler. Right. Um, but as we saw with uh, Force Awakens and then we saw uh, Rouge One, which was a much darker Star Wars movie. Like we've never had um, a Star Wars movie that dark before. Um, and the amount of people that were dying in that movie for one. Um, but, and it seems that Force Awakens could have taken like that kind of like uh, what PG twelve sort of um, way, but they ca- they carried on by going darker with the movie, um, and uh, I think that Poe was kind of that light relief, and it did have so much more comedy. Yeah, but definitely the tone was darker. Yeah, I think I think that's yeah. I mean that that whole opening bit there, it starts off very light. Then you realise just in how much trouble they're actually in, um, yeah. and like Rogue One, you suddenly start seeing, uh, you know, their ships being destroyed left, right, and centre. Um, yeah. And you know, yes, they they were successful in what they were trying to achieve, 
Poe goes against the wishes of Leia, who tells, tells yeah. him to hold back, and he, he he's a bit of a hot shot. He goes and does his own thing. Yes, again, it, the sort of thing the Han Solo would have done. Yeah, exactly. And it paid off, but it paid off with consequences. Uh, yeah. And you saw uh, Leia looking at a screen with uh, you know the, the ships they had out uh, and how many of those were coming back. And uh, yeah. I can't remember the exact number, but you know there was a handful coming back. Uh, for for what had originally been sent out on that little mission. Um, well, well they, they lost the entire bomb squad, didn't they? They did lose the entire bomb squad. I think that scene with the last bomber, uh, the sister to Rose, uh, I forget her name. Um, but with that, that that really like uh, that moment really borrowed well to Rouge One. Um, yeah. and it felt almost like uh, the final scene again mm. where people were sacrificing were kind of being like the sort of suicide bombers for, or whatever. For the greater goods, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, really also, oh. I, now I'm not, I'm not sure on this because, again, I've only seen this once. Uh, we've only seen this once. But I believe that one of the X-Wing pilots that gets blown up in that opening bit is, uh, I think his character's name was Snap Wexley. Um, right, great who, name who is the guy um, played, I think, I can't remember what his name is. It, I'm sure it's, uh, I don't know, it's not Matt. That's his character. It's the guy, he played Matt in Heroes. But he's Matt, the, Matt Parman? Yeah. See, I thought it was him because he was in Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, I think he I think he dies in the opening battle. You see him very, very quickly talking in the cockpit and then I think he gets blown up but I think it was him but you see him so quickly it's hard to judge but you don't see him again in the film so I think it must have been him because you don't see him in other than that sequence you don't see him in this film yet you saw him in The Force Awakens so I I don't I know exactly the moment because I thought that too but I don't think it was him I think it was just someone else with a black beard the, the, the fact is he's not in this film other than potentially that bit. So if he's not, then what happened to him? Because he was with the Rebellion, and then he wasn't in the Rebellion, he wasn't with the Rebellion in this film, which takes place not long after The Force Awakens finishes. Yeah, maybe he was trying to save his cheerleader. Yeah, well, he did He did get told that if he saved her, he'd save the world. Um, yeah. Now, what I was going to say is that's obviously the opening bit to the film. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of people are expecting it to, to kind of open exactly where The Force Awakens ended, which is on yeah. uh, Craggy Island. It is Craggy Island, isn't it? Yeah, exactly yeah. right, yeah. Um, where... where uh, look, Ray... look, you forgot your lightsaber. Look, why is this lightsaber here bigger than that lightsaber there? Um, it, it, where Ray had finally tracked down Luke Skywalker uh, and gave him the lightsaber. Uh, and again, uh, we, got, we do get to that, you know fairly soon after that opening sequence don't leave us there uh, waiting too long to find that out um, and again another kind of comedy bit even if it was a little bit uh, unintentional possibly which is when Ray gives him the lightsaber and he finally takes the lightsaber looks at it and throws it away oh it's brilliant it, it kind of borrowed to the scene from um, Tim Burton's Woody Wonka Yes. Where uh, I think it was Violet Beauregard's dad offers Willy Wonka a card and he instantly throws it over his shoulder. Um, oh, that's brilliant. And again, like the cinema erupted with laughter for that one. Yeah, I mean, um, ours, ours did, so, but I wasn't sure how it played, like how it's going to play out. You know, people laughed where we were, but I didn't know if it was 
supposed to be funny. Or, yeah. you know, sometimes, it, it, sometimes, especially opening day, I mean, I'm, again, you wanted to go midnight because you thought you'd get the best audience. For me, if you go no, opening again, day... No, so, again, so I, I, I didn't clarify what's the reason. The reason okay. for going midnight is to avoid spoilers. Um, yeah, I do okay, think, yeah, but you, I, I do but think also you're entitled say, to get a better audience yeah. because it's only people that desperately want to see the film that would uh, be so weird and go out at midnight to watch a movie. Well, so I um, think, I think that's, a, I think that's the same of anyone that goes to see it opening day because yeah. people have been buying, I mean, I don't know. I've not tried to get a ticket to another screening of, of the, uh, the last Jedi yet, but, um, you know, generally the first few days you get a, a very busy, and the opening weekend is normally very busy for a big film. Um, yeah. They're the people that want to see it as soon as possible. But the people who go on the first day, anywhere, anyone that goes in that first 24 hours are going because they are trying to avoid spoilers. If you're going any longer than that, whether you, you you know, it's intentional or not, you're going any longer than that, you are just stepping into spoilersville and you have to avoid everything. Twitter's good in that I was able to block certain words. So, oh, really? Yeah, you yeah, do yeah. that. I didn't know you do that. Yeah, it's, it's in the settings on the app, but I managed to block uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, The Last Jedi, Luke, Skywalker, wow. you know, all various things. So nothing would appear in my feed that had any of those words for the duration that I told it to. Um, <clears throat> I can now lift that ban because I've seen the film, but just because I didn't want um, any spoilers. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you have to really kind of get yourself off social media. And hope for the best. Yeah. Um, because there'll always be some jerk that'll do it just for shits and views. Um, famously, when I saw The Force Awakens, somebody walked out of the screening before us. We saw it at three o'clock opening day because it was the first IMAX screening we'd get tickets for. And somebody walked out and, and shouted out, Han Solo dies. Um, yeah. And I don't know so, how he got away without being ninched. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, that evening on Facebook... I already saw memes going around of uh, Han Solo being stabbed with a lightsaber. Yeah. So, you know, even within hours, people were being dicks just because it's funny. You know, the thing, and it annoys me because the thing is, like, I don't watch Game of Thrones and no. I knew what happened in the last episode of Game of Thrones, but I didn't go around on Facebook ruining it for everybody because yeah. just because I know, why should I spoil that fun for people that actually care about it? But people always yeah, that's, the thing. that's it. You always get people that think dicks. They think they're funny. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, was, I was talking to my mate on the way there, um, and he because he, he's one of the biggest Star Wars fans I know. Yeah. And um, he said to me, like, one of the last things he said was, um, "After you've seen it, let me know what your rating is." Mm-hmm. And I said to him, "Is that a spoiler?" Because giving him my verdict kind of says whether I think it's a good movie or not. And if I said it's a bad movie, then you're going to go in there with, oh, I wonder what you didn't like about it. Yeah, I suppose you kind of go in there with a, a bit of a mindset. But then, you know, I, 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 I heart back to when we saw that Justice League. You know, by the time I'd seen it, I already knew that Rotten Tomatoes had a terrible review for, well, sorry, a terrible score for Justice League. And generally the reviews have been really bad for it. Um, yeah. But, you know, so maybe, maybe my expectations were a bit lowered. Um, yeah. but you know I, I generally enjoyed it um, yeah uh, I, but by the way you won't have heard the, the last episode of Ego um, I did finally get managed to get Lee to tell me what he thought about Justice League and he did indeed hate it so we were correct oh Lee yeah, yeah he did why but, Lee but no, why it's, it's, don't, don't have any sympathy for him because we also found out that oh. Lee, Lee cuts his toast in the number three 
What? Yeah, you know, you know, you know the toast picture. Oh, the toast! Right, yeah. I thought you said toes. I thought you said he cuts his toes. Oh no, 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 he, he cuts. So his I, toes. I'm thinking he's there with clippers, and he's like one, two, three, cut. One, two, three, cut. No, no one's that weird. But um, yeah, he's he's weird enough that he cuts his toast in number three. I That's he cuts it the wrong way round. Lee, have a word with yourself. Exactly. It's just an embarrassment. Um, okay, so we get we get on Craigie Island. We see Ray and we see Luke, uh, and he's very moody mm-hmm. as we expect him to be. I think. I mean, I hadn't seen this in the trailer, but I expected him to be grumpy, to be honest. He obviously wanted to be there to be alone. Didn't he? What's that? Sorry, mate, I've lost you one second. I love a Dalala podcast. Here we go, I'm back. Oh, I was going to carry on without you. Um, Would have been much better. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I, was, I was just saying that, you know, we expected Luke was going to be, um, was going to be moody. I, th- I don't think anyone would be surprised with that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he, he had to kind of, be, you know, he wasn't going to oh, where'd you get here? Have a safe journey. Like, it was never going to be that Luke Skywalker. Well, I don't it think we've ever seen that Luke Skywalker, to be honest. Sorry? I don't think we've ever seen that Luke Skywalker, to be honest. <laughs> Um, um, but how did you feel about that, that whole that whole bit there on, on Craggy Island? I thought it was great because often you're good, like one of the big cliffhangers was Luke meeting Ray for the first time from Force Awakens. And immediately they've kind of dismissed that as a cliffhanger by him throwing the um, lightsaber over the mountain and him pretty much dismissing her. I thought it was brilliant, and it did kind of set up that sort of relationship. Mm. Um, and immediately, you're questioning on why is he so against her, um, and like, what is his problem? Why is he here? Um, yeah, so I, I thought it really played out well in terms of setting them up. And he's brilliant. He's really good. He's so likable, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's funny. He, he. I think he. As we said about Poe, for how likable he is as a rogue, I think that when they use the phrase legend towards the end of the movie, and he does have that presence about him because he's Luke Skywalker. And um, he's not really been in much other than voice work over the last few years of what I'm aware. Um, And I thought he was bloody brilliant. I I thought he was really captivating on screen. Yeah, I I think... Um, he knew that he he had to put his all into it. Um, I I don't know. I mean, generally, Luke... I think I think at the same time, I think because this role is so synonymous with his uh, career that he wanted to. He wanted it to give, um, like, if it was his last hurrah, he wanted it to be the best he could do for the fans, sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's a bit similar to, to how Harrison Ford was. I mean, Harrison Ford obviously was a lot more vocal about how he didn't like the Star Wars type casting. Um, you know, never really spoke as favourably about it as Mark Hamill did. And if anything, it yeah. kind of, you know, out of that original lot, you know, Mark Hamill probably suffered the the, the most out of the the main cast. Uh, yeah, out of Han and Leo as well. Um, in terms of what they did, you know, you'd seen Mark Hamill feature in films, 
Um, but they would always be quite small films. He would never yeah. reach those heights, whilst Harrison Ford, um, you know, would go on to be like Indiana Jones and, um, you know, starring things like The Fugitive and Clear and Present Danger and, you know, big, big tentpole films and, and big hit films. Mark Hamill never, never had that success. Um, yeah, okay, he found his, his kind of uh, feet in, in voice work, um, done some incredible work. I mean, famously, uh, is, is the Joker for a lot of the Batman animated work or video games. Um, but that's what he kind of did. And I don't think that was his choice, but I think he found something he was good at and he ran with it. But um, I don't, despite that, I don't think he, he felt anywhere near as negative about Star Wars uh, as, as Harrison Ford did. Now, Harrison Ford got coaxed back into doing The Force Awakens, probably with a lovely check. Um, but to me, even though you knew his history of it, I think he actually had a ball making that last film. He looked like he did. And even in the interviews about it, he sounded like he had a good time doing it. Maybe because yeah. he knew it was his last one, I don't know. But I think it it was fitting to put a, a closure on it. Um, and you're right with with you know with Luke Skywalker, we didn't know if this was going to be uh, you know a one and done for him, or if he was going to feature in the next one or, or what. But you you felt that he was putting his all into that performance. I really Again, I'm, I'm... Let's talk about Luke because uh, we're going to jump about in terms of the story. Um, but yeah, as you, as you kind of alluded to there, we don't know if he is like one and out. Um, and again, we're going to jump forward to the ending because you see Luke. Um, and what was nice where he's gone back to being almost like the farmyard boy where he's living with his aunt uh, and uncle um, right at the beginning of uh, A New Hope. And we find um, out where blue it, milk comes from disturbingly yeah 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 find out with blue milk um but he's gone back to basic mm. uh he's living in this hut uh with next to nothing he's surrounded by these animals the porgs we see the porgs for the first time by the way yeah i think the world is falling is about to fall in love with porgs i um i i was i went to a a launch event for for star wars I went to Force Friday, the Star Wars, um, the Last Jedi merchandising launch. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of Pogs. Um, and when you've been into places like Toys R Us, you see a lot of Pogs, different sizes, do different things. Um, and they look cute. But I think once you kind of see the film, you do. Um, unlike, I'd say, something like an Ewok, I think they have a small role in the film. And... Nothing, nothing outstanding. They don't really get, they don't really interfere in the story. They're just kind of there, um, but they're adorable. And they're I think adorable. They're, not, they're, they're funny and they're cute. Like yeah. it, it, they're, they're, they're you don't want annoying. them to be integral. They're not annoying. Like the Ewoks, there were two, there were two in your face. Like there was too much Ewoks. It was constantly ran down your throat that entire film. Whilst mm. I think with the Pogs, they're used very sparingly. Mm. Um, but that, that was just it. They were, I thought they were cute. They were funny, and the stuff that like the stuff they did with Chewbacca, where he's about to munch into one, and they oh. were giving him the, the puffy dog eyes. Hilarious. Ah, oh, it was, it was so brilliant. And che- Chewbacca's got such brilliant comedy timing and awareness. Like, yeah. dude, dude ain't got to talk, and he gets a laugh like absolute genius. But here's a question to you: 
uh, which which is uh, cuter or which is a standout character of 2017? Will it be the Porg or will it be Baby Groot? Um, Baby Groot kind of started with the Last Guardians, really. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think it'll probably be the Porg. If I'm honest, you reckon? Yeah. Just because, I mean, the world kind of had already started to fall in love with Baby Groot at the end of the first Guardians film. So yeah. uh, the Pulg is a, is a brand new thing. Plus, as well, more people will have seen the Pulg because yeah, more definitely. people will go and see Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's just science. Yeah, that's it, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, so, so with Luke, yeah. um, so, so we've seen like his development. He's stayed away from the Force. He's completely shut himself off. He doesn't use the force. And in doing that, he's then not contactable by anyone. He shut himself off. Um, he's pretty much no longer a Jedi. Um, but the force is still lingering. Mm. And we see that throughout. And uh, she's trying to get him to go back. They need him. Um, or teach me the ways of the force sort of thing. Um, and yeah, yeah. His character development, um, we got so much out of him. And I think by the end, he he had nothing left to give the movie, mm. it felt like. Um, and where you see uh, Yoda pop up um, at one point, you kind of think, uh, and with the ending, with Luke dying, mm. um, or what, what is a Jedi way? Fading away, perhaps? Um part passing over. Um I'm not sure what the terminology is. No. But you kind of think that it's not the last we've seen of him. Well, it, even though it, he's it, gone. It, it won't be. It won't be. Um it's um I mean if you like you know let's go back to like episode four, A New Hope, the first Star Wars film that was made. Um in that film, uh Obi Wan Kenobi is kind of sacrificed himself. Um, he then appears later as a ghost. Um, mm. In The Empire Strikes Back, Luke is there with Yoda. Yoda passes away, uh, becomes one with the Force, whatever you want to say. Um, and then you see him again as a ghost, as you do in this film. So I think um, we can guarantee we will see Luke Skywalker in Episode Nine. Um, I, I, oh, I yeah. don't think that's the last we'll see of him at all. Because um, the thing, again, my friend I was having a conversation with on the way to the movie, um, he he put the thought in my head. And again, I'd avoid it. I'd avoid all potential spoilers, all potential rumours. Um, but he said um, that he felt we'd see uh, either Obi-Wan or Yoda. And that's when I thought, oh, yeah. And I, I was feeling that we would see Yoda. It would make sense given that you kind of feel Luke would be doing the training and it would then hark back to his days of when Yoda trained him. Well, I was hoping that we'd see Obi-Wan just because the the rumour doesn't seem to be going away. And in fact, we talked about it on the latest is After Dark is the fact that, um, you know, heavy, heavy rumours that there's going to be a new Obi-Wan Kenobi film being shot um, with Ewan McGregor coming back. And so I, I kind of, yeah. and, and also the fact that he did, he recorded one line for The Force Awakens as well. Um, that's right that flashback sequence um, so I would like to see that but at the same time continuity wise it wouldn't have made sense because when you see Obi-Wan as a ghost you see him as Alec Guinness 
Yeah. So it wouldn't have made sense from a continuity point of view, but there was a little bit of me that was hoping that we'd see him as well. But uh, I, I thought Yoda was good. I thought the... Um, I don't know if they used a puppet. It looked like they went back to using a puppet uh, rather than the CGI version. I, I, think, I, think the, I think the Pogs were puppets. I think Yoda was puppet. I'm not sure about the Pogs. I, I'm not convinced on the Pogs. But um, no. regardless, I mean, even if they weren't, they looked like them. The problem with Yoda in the, in the prequels is the fact that he looks more like a computer-generated character than he does look a puppet. Um, yeah. And, it, and so it kind of jars a little bit, but certainly in this one, if they did, uh, if they did use a puppet, you know, it was great. And if they didn't use a puppet and they CG'd him to look like a puppet, even better because it looked like a puppet. Um, either yeah. way, I think it worked really well. It didn't look very jarring to me. It looked like what I expected Yoda to be like, and so I'm glad that they kind of kept it in a way that they did. In that regard, mm. um, now we talked about Luke a little bit. Um, story-wise, I'm trying to just backtrack a little bit. So we had the bit at the beginning with uh, the, the first kind of fight. We then go and see uh, Ray and what she's doing with Luke. Then we kind of get to the, the kind of main plot, I think, which is, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know how they've done it, um, but the... Uh, the first order have, have managed to get some way of tracking uh, the rebels. So um, even if they go into uh, hyperspeed, um, light speed, light speed, speed. Oh, hyperspeed. Um, if they do that, they can actually track where the rebels are. Uh, they've come up with a way of doing it. Um, and so there's kind of like a side mission here where Maz, who. <laughs> May as well have not even bothered showing up, to be honest. I, I think it was pointless, her being in the film, because she's in it as a hologram for about a minute. And yeah, it just seemed it, like it a... kind of feel that she, she was trying to be the connection towards the sub-story. Yeah, it just felt like a weird, weird thing to... You know, they, I don't know whether that, why they needed to, to put her in. I like the character, um, and yeah, especially yeah, what I they did in The Force Awakens, but... It just seemed pointless of being in there. She was like the, she was the Commissioner Gordon of this film. You wanted her in the film, but it was almost pointless that she was in the film. Yeah, you know, just didn't seem to serve much purpose other than so as you say, kind of progress the story. So like the B story of the film is that uh, Finn and uh, an engineer who's called Rose, um, whose sister was uh, the one who dropped the bombs. Uh, she was the last surviving of the bomb squad, and she managed to launch the bombs before she got blown up. Um, so they are going to go on this side mission for Poe, where, yeah, on behalf of Poe, where um, they're going to uh, try and turn off this technology, which is able to track them so they can get away. Um, now, around this part, I, I think I might have got, Slightly in a twist here, but uh, in this uh, around this part, um, the first order start uh, damaging the rebel troops. Um, massive explosion on the bridge, um, and it looks like we lose Princess Leia. Um, yeah, I think that uh, Finn and Rose escape before, before that happens. They blow it up. So yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Before they blow up the front. Now, when this happened, there was kind of like a bit of a gasp in the audience because we thought, "Oh, well, that's that's the end of of Princess Leia," 
and we all yeah. know and you know when when Carrie Fisher passed away they talked about the fact that she'd filmed all her scenes um but they also said that she was actually going to be prominent uh play a vital role in episode 9 and they were going to have to try and and rejig um the story to do it because right. they weren't going to CGI her in it they weren't going to cast someone else to play her so um you know they were going to do whatever so when that bit happened you kind of felt oh my god is that it is that what they've done is that how they've killed her off and then and this is one of the bits that i have the most issue with in the film is that everyone is destroyed they 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 you know the ship's the, the bridge of the ship's blown up you know the the window's blown up everyone's sucked into into outer space she somehow even though she's been frozen in space as you would do um she manages to fly now see i kind of liked it because princess leia 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 um she's never had the force she's always um kind of eluded as though she had it but she never had the training um she's always kind of alluded to having the force like the connection that she has with luke um what one was it empire where she could where she's able to talk to him in the same way that ray would talk to kylo ren mm. um she'd be able to connect with luke um because she does have the force mm. but we just don't know how much and she was able to use the force to pull herself back into the ship I, I think we've never used, we've never seen the force used in that way, uh, and so unless she was bringing the ship to her, I. Again, I guess like again, we've seen like people levitate uh, other people with the force, so, so I guess why not themselves? It just seemed a bit, it just seemed a bit forced. I, I didn't like it, and to be honest, there was a bit of a kind of groan when it happened. Really, it what seemed... more from yourself or from the audience? Audience. Or... Yeah. Well, I guess because uh, I like I say collective we uh, were okay with it because we just didn't want to see them kill off Princess Leia. Yeah, um, I just, but I mean I think because were... she, she's now got that sort of human touch to the character. But they could have done. Been there. They could have done anything. Like the, the problem is, is that they attacked the bridge. They got sucked out into space. Everyone died except her. Now mm. what they what that did is it meant that um, she was put into a coma uh, or, she, you know, whatever they, they use as the medical term there, um, and they got uh, a second-in-command to step in. She just demoted Poe, so uh, they got another commander to take over. Um, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. That wasn't a character name. That was just who played her. Um, I, and you kind of, it was kind of played as a bit of a tweener, like you weren't sure whether she was, her intentions were good or not. Um, but regardless, there was, there was a great line from Poe as well. I forget her character's name. Um, Is it Hodu but, or something? Uh, Hold, Hold. Yeah, we'll say something like that, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and Poe, I think Poe's line was, That's Hodu? Nothing like I expected. Mm. Um, because he's heard stories of how you know brave and strong and victorious that she was in battle. Mm. So he, I guess he'd always assumed that she was, in fact, a man. Yeah. Um, and or did that purple hair? At least, yeah. Um, I think Star Wars, like so many films nowadays, they do play to the uh, uh, the alpha female. 
characters nowadays. Well, I, I was saying this afterwards. I, I think the one thing that they've done well with this new series of films, if nothing else, is the fact that by shifting the focus um, really onto a strong female character rather than just having it led by uh, like Luke and, and Han, um, it does mean that it brings in, potentially brings in a new audience. Like, I don't care. I think because I'm, I'm male, we don't have to worry about or do we need to see a strong female character because mm. we'll watch a film regardless if it's a male lead, if it's a female lead. But I think um, generally if you've got a film that's predominantly uh, men as the basis for it, I don't think women are as engaged in it um, unless, they're, unless they're watching it because they think the actors fit or something. I, I don't think that they are able to relate in the same way. And so I think yeah. by by having these like these big characters, um, it means that it is bringing in a different type of audience now. Are you very sure? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Are you very sure it is? It's just that there seems to be so so many of them now, um, and I'm not against it. It just seems that movies are kind of going out of their way to have females in the driving seat. Yeah, you're against um, equality. Well, I understand. I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So I'm just uh, white, is it? Okay, thank you. What colour is Morrison? Morrison's is yellow and green. Other supermarkets are available. Uh, yellow. Yellow. Okay. You're welcome. So, um, yeah. Morrison's is yellow. Um, what was I saying? Well, you said about the uh, the strong female lead. Now, we've not mentioned her much already, and I'm not certain she is a strong female lead. Um, Ray, the thing is, she, she's, she's a great actress, but I, I think that throughout the movie, the character suffered because the biggest cliffhanger over Ray was who were her parents? Is she uh, related to Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, Luke, uh, even Princess? Um, who is she related to? Yeah. And uh, she kind of um, she kind of mentioned it in Force Awakens the, where she said that she's no one, and then it was confirmed um, when I believe she was talking to well, Kyle. Well, I, I was, I'm not I'm not 100 percent convinced. I think I think if it is confirmed that that's what it is, it's su- it was done in such a cut out way that it was poor. Um, I still there's still part of me that thinks it was said either because one he knows the truth and he doesn't want us to, to know, or nah, secondly, nah, he nah, doesn't. Nah. I think I think it is. I, I don't I don't think that's up for debate anymore. To be honest, I think it is the case that she, she is from nowhere. And I think that her kind of her story now is that much less interesting because where do you then take the character? She is now kind of the last Jedi Mm. going into episode nine. But we now know everything that we need to know about her Um, and for her to then lead the attack uh, from the rebels. Not really that much interest in her. I disagree. And with I think that. that that's a problem because you've got you've had the old hand, um, you know, Han Solo's pegged it, Luke's pegged it, 
Princess Leia, like, I hope you'll be in episode nine in some form. She won't be. Um, she's, she will be in, in some degree. Um, because she has to be for the continuation. There's only about 12 of them left. But um, I don't think that for her, and I guess Finn as well, I'm not convinced that they're strong enough to lead the next movie on their own. Right. Mm. I think I like, um, what's his name, John Boyega. But the character, it's kind of, he's become a little bit annoying. Mm. First sign of danger, he needs to run off again. Uh, yeah. He's constantly running this guy. His uh, choices are bad. The it fact he did it, he did it again like in this film, like try to do the same thing he'd done in the last film, just felt a little bit like, really? Yeah. We're playing that card again? Yeah, you know, exactly. And his excuse for doing first it was trouble, bit, like, yeah, and the excuse for doing it just seemed a little bit poor as well. You know, yeah. it, it, I just I just found that bit a bit annoying. Um, yeah, so going back, so we talked about um, Mary Leia Poppins, y'all. Um, so we have that. Um, Finn and Rose go on their side mission to a casino planet. I can't remember the name of it. I don't care about it. Um to me, this whole bit of the film could have easily been cut out or reduced. It seemed to go on for ages and, and seemed now, like you know a what? real I, purpose. I, see, I disagree. Because I think, again, with the director, Ryan Johnson, I think that what he has brought to Star Wars is so much more creativity that we've not seen in the last couple of movies. Um, we are seeing a much wider galaxy. And we see like it, everything that was every moment on film looked spectacular. And the planets that he brought to life looked incredible. Mm. And I would have happily sat in there for another hour just discovering more of these planets that he was bringing to life. Um, I thought it was brilliant because we've heard of when, um, uh, whenever Luke and, uh, and Han and Chewbacca would get in the Millennium Falcon and Golf like Dago Bar, whatever, it was all the, always these seedy sort of uh, places. Um, or, and we've seen a lot of similar looking places. Now we go to this place and it's surrounded by rich people and it's almost like they're in a, a, a galaxy version of Dubai or somewhere or Monaco. And it looks incredible. We've never seen anything like it in Star Wars before. Um, and I thought for that reason, it was brilliant. I'm not saying that uh, it didn't look good or it wasn't well directed or anything like that. It's just, to me, it just seemed to not really add that much to the story. Like for the, for the entire sequence, for how long that, that particular setup took, it's probably a good 15 minutes of the film. It could have been easily yeah. cut out and you wouldn't have missed much. All it did, really, yeah. was it gave us uh, Benico del Toro, or was it Brad Pitt? It's hard to tell anymore um, because yeah. they're basically the, thing the same is, person. With, um, I say it's like because, again, because I avoided everything, I didn't know he was in the movie. I knew um, both him and Laura Dern were in the movie, up. but I didn't know what yeah. parts they had. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I didn't know she was in it. Right. Um, but yeah, I had no idea that he's in it. I do quite like him. Mm. Um, so immediately I'm like, wait, is that Brad Pitt? 
Um, but I, he, I don't know why he had to stutter. And he didn't seem to have it at the beginning, but he did seem to have it a bit <laughs> later on. Which, yeah. which was which was odd as well. Um, Who was the guy, by the way, when when um, they were in the casino and they're seeing the guy with no like, idea. the red flower? No idea. Who was that? No, no idea. I um, just referred some, to him as the as the master code breaker, but yeah, I have no idea who it was, and I don't know I don't know who the actor was either. But he looks kind of familiar, but um, it, it looks a bit like Chris Pine or someone, perhaps. I don't think it was Chris Pine, but I mean, it could well be a cameo that we haven't we haven't realised yet. Um, I'm sure yeah. in the next few days we'll find out a bit more because there were a fair few cameos in this film that you don't really know too much about. I mean, obviously, uh, Tom Hardy was supposed to be in the film. Um, yeah. I heard uh, Prince William Prince Harry were in the film. Gary Barlow was in the film. It, it, sounds, it sounds like the princes were cut out, um, apparently. Really? I'm only reading from one blog like on the way home. Right. But apparently one of the stormtroopers gives um, Benicio Del Toro's character a pat on the bum while they're in a lift. Uh, we never saw Benicio del Toro I in a did, lift. I did hear something. I did hear something about uh, stormtroopers in a lift. So, and I yeah. didn't. I didn't see that scene either. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe did oh, cut the princes out. Ouch. Yeah. He won't be. Uh, he won't be getting a knighthead anytime soon if that is the case. If that was their scene. Um, He's American. He's not allowed one. Yeah, true. I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just, so to me that whole sequence just felt like a bit of a waste of time because it yeah. all it did was prove that uh, he he was he had a bit of a nasty streak about him. He was clearly only in it for whatever he could get out of it, um, yeah. and it just it just seemed pointless. Unless, but unless... again, I think that I, I know what you're saying, but the absolute double screw job because you thought that he's just given them up, like this is towards the end, obviously, mm. where they're now Finn and Rose on their knees in front of Stormtroopers, and then he comes sliding in the collector, and um, he's got his big wad of money that he's got to push out, and you think that he's just grasped them up, when really he's grasped up the plan, and that's when they start shooting at the Rebels, and you think, man, that is a massive cross, like, He's absolutely done them up massively there. Oh, so I think was, it was, was it was worth it for the double cross. He was he was the um he was the Ray Winston of the film. Uh yeah. Ray Winston in yeah. the in the uh the Kingdom Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh Jonesy, I'm a good guy. Nah, I'm ain't joking, Jonesy, I'm a bad guy. Flip flop. Um I just didn't care. I just it just felt shoehorned in. It didn't really the only thing it adds to the story at all, of anything, is when um, they're talking about um, the greed of that planet and the fact that, you know, you've got all these rich people in the casinos and doing the entertainment, and then you've got the kind of, like, slaves on the planet and how they're treated, yeah. and they let some kids escape um, and kind of gave them some hope. And the only reason why that sequence, for me that whole casino sequence is in the film is just for the final payoff at the, at the end, the final few shots at the end of the film. Otherwise, yeah, it was completely yeah. pointless. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, again, again, it's, it's circle, kind of like the subplot in the, in the plot. Yeah, I, I just didn't care for it and it went on far too long. And for a film that... It's the longest Star Wars film ever, uh, yeah. just over two and a half hours. Um, 
and at times I did feel it dragged, and that things like that are like the main reason why. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of uh, Star Wars movies before it, the middle does tend to because they always open so well, and uh, mm. the f- the finale is always awesome. Uh, the, the middle does kind of suffer from the drag a little bit, but I didn't mind it so much. I honestly didn't mind it. Um, I was so busy enjoying seeing a new side to the galaxy mm. that I was happy spending time there. Um, but again, like with Finn, you kind of he's so reckless and thoughtless that you kind of you never thought that this was going to be a good plan anyway. Mm. Yeah. So and I kind of liked I kind of liked that how the plan transpired was that the women were right and that they had a plan all along and the, the part that Laura Dern played when they did start shooting at the rebels was that uh, she turned light speed into the bad guys why it's never been done before I don't know and that's well, because it was a suicide mission, I think that's why it's not been done before. They've not needed. To, they've not been in that situation where they need to go on a suicide mission. But they that there was nothing else. Like she was just waiting for her ship to be blown up, um, and it yeah. arguably led to one of the most beautiful things in the film. In fact, it, one of the most beautiful things in a Star Wars film. Um, yeah, that sequence there was just brilliant. The the way you know the lead up to it, you knew what was coming <clears throat> before they did, obviously. Um, and just the way it was executed, uh, it was just beautifully shot. The silence before the impact, like you know, like for the, for the rest of the space to kind of catch up with it, um, just beautifully well done, really well shot. Um, and that was definitely one of the highlights, and so one of the most beautiful uh, things in a Star Wars film. Yeah, I thought it was quite bold as well. Really paid off to have it uh, have that shot in silence also. That's what I mean, yeah. And I, I mean, the whole kind of cinema gasped at that because it, they're yeah. kind of like in awe of of the whole thing. Um, I need to get a drink. Give me, give me just thirty seconds. Uh, you can carry thirty on. seconds. Yeah, thirty seconds. Uh, are, you, are you still listening? Like, is it a case of you can't talk but you can still listen? Because then I'll just talk. I can talk for thirty seconds. That's no issue whatsoever. Let's, but let's, I don't then... let's try and see what happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna go silent, but I'll 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 come back if I can't hear you. So hang on. Okay. All right. Well, this is interesting. Um. So while Soap Dish is off getting a drink, we'll take a moment to speak to our sponsors. We've got Bob's Secondhand Motors from down in Dagnum Town. Bob's the finest car place you'll ever wish to meet. If you need a car that's going for £400 and has four wheels, but for how long, nobody knows. Bob's Motors, pay him a visit. Tell him Chris says hi. Bob's Motors. Soap dish is getting a drink. It would appear. We'll uh, find out afterwards what drink he will be having. Um, He used to spend much of his uh, evenings going out uh, to get a Dr. Pepper. Um, he likes a bit of fizz. I'll be surprised if it's alcoholical, but we'll soon find out. There's a possibility that once again, this podcast will last longer than a movie. Um, I'm hoping it won't because I need to sleep. 
and it's already been an hour and 20 minutes. Granted, the first 20 minutes wasn't Star Wars, but we're going to get there. And I can't believe he didn't like that. He was planning it. for spectacular. Oh, he's back. Oh, let's Hang on. Talk about I, didn't, him. I didn't like what bit? Uh, the planet. No, as I said, I just think it just, it just didn't need to be there. That was all. Just didn't need to be there. No, but it, I think, again, because we were just seeing so much more to Star Wars that we'd not seen before. This was a new interpretation, and it really did just open up Star Wars okay. uh, to a bigger galaxy. All right. As so we saw, like, we, we got to see Luke's little island. We got to see this planet. Um, so much more. So, okay. We haven't talked about so, so they, they obviously fail in their mission to stop the the tracking device on uh, Snoke's ship. Um, we haven't actually talked yet about what happens to Snoke. So, um, what, when when uh, Ray and Luke are kind of on the island, um, you can see that uh, Ray kind of gets a bit close, a bit too close to um, the dark side. Um, Kylo Ren, Ben. Is, is able to talk to her. They're, they're talking to each other at various points of the, of the film. Um, he tells Ray what happened the night that um, Luke Skywalker tried to kill him. And right. you see his version of events. You then later on see Luke's version of events. Going back to the makeup, um, in that sequence, when you see it from uh, Ben's uh, view, when you see his memories... Um, Luke Skywalker has uh, black eyes, almost like what Anakin did when he turned evil. Um, but when you yeah. see Luke's version of, of what happened, you, he doesn't have that. So right. again, I thought your subtle, subtle difference, but I thought it was interesting that because you're seeing their alternative views, that they, yeah. they obviously view it completely differently. Uh, I just thought that was quite a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, but you see all this, and uh, in the end, uh, Ben kind of manipulates Ray into coming back to see uh, Snoke. Yeah. She gets captured, um, handcuffed, and, and he takes her to see Snoke. And it turns out that where you thought that they were communicating with each other independently, it was actually Snoke. Uh, being a supreme leader, um, that he his uh, his powers of the force were stronger than both of them, and was essentially able to ma- manipulate them uh, accordingly. And so the scene is set for Kylo Ren to you know fulfil his destiny and kill Ren, kill Ren, kill Ray. Again, I think. Um... These two, these two possibly offered up the most uh, interesting romantic dynamic that we've seen in Star Wars. Possibly even more than the earlier triangle of Han, Leia, and Luke. Really? Uh, yeah, I think so because it, it is such a different. Um, it, is, it seems more complex, um, whilst also uh, hinting at something that Darth Vader wanted to achieve. And yeah. never could. Um, and you've got Kylo Ren here uh, doing exactly that uh, all the way throughout the last two movies. Um, he's been in Darth Vader's shadow. 
um, saying that he's you know too young, he's too naive. There's still too much light within him. Yeah. Um, and now, as you see him there, he's obviously flirting with Ray. They're touching hands at one point, and that she is taken by him. There's no doubt about it. I don't see that subtext uh, at all. That's amazing, isn't it? I really don't get that subtext from it at all. It's funny how really he interprets it. Well, you don't you don't see that they're like flirting. That there's 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 clear sexual tension there. No, I don't I don't see it. Um, the man the man got no shirt on. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like the fact that she. I thought that was a bit of a cheap gag, really. About oh, can't you put a cowl on or something? Um, I, yeah. I, I I didn't I didn't see it as that. I, I saw it more as a spiritual thing, more than a romantic thing. Uh, I didn't see that connection at all. Um, but you get that if very. You're t- if you're touching, if you're touching hands with someone, touching me, touching you. Yeah, if you're touching hands with someone, then it's because of tension. Like you, you don't, you know, take a friend's hand. There's Leia, always tension to touch hands. You wish. Um, no, I definitely felt that there was um, definite sexual tension there, and again, it's why he didn't want to kill her. Um, he could have done easily and still done whatever he wanted to do then with uh, Snook. Um, but he wanted, as he said afterwards, after they killed uh, Snook and all of his red men, um, that he wanted her to join him and for them to rule the galaxy together. Yeah, I, but again... Exactly what Darth Vader wanted when yeah, he was played by Hayden I just, like, to me... I, I, I see what you're saying there about the, the connection there. Uh, to me, I saw it more as... Um, I, I, saw, I saw it more, uh, as I said, uh, uh, like a power thing. I think the thing with Kylo Ren, which you see in both of the films, really, but more in this one, is that you see the struggle between the light and the dark. And there were bits in this film when you thought, he's going to turn now. Um, and a bit... so. Uh, Massive spoiler again. Um, he's tasked with killing uh, Kylo. Is, is tasked with killing Ray, and instead, while Snoke is trying to get get him to do that, do his bidding, um, he's blindsided um, by Kylo Ren actually controlling the lightsaber uh, next to him and cutting him in half. Uh, I think they liked doing Star Wars every now and again. Did the same thing with uh, Darth Maul. Um, so that's the end of Snoke. Uh, and then they had this great fight sequence of, of them attacking like uh, Snoke's uh, army. Uh, he's like his guards. Uh, really good fight sequence. I think really well choreographed and, and well played by all. Um, just really well done. And at that point, you think, I think he's, I think he's turning. I think he's realised that he's gone too far and he's going to join uh, the rebellion. But instead, he did the typical Star Wars thing, which is, I need to have more power, come and join me um, as I become like, you know, the new, the new evil bastard. Um, and at that point, I was a bit, I was disappointed because I thought the problem that people had, seem to have with uh, The Force Awakens is the fact that it seems to hit a lot of the beats, especially of A New Hope, um, a lot of familiar ground. And I thought, this is the point they can really do something out of the box. 
and I and to be honest, I get why they didn't as well because um, with what happens, you know, next in the film, um, that wouldn't have obviously happened had had he done that because there's no one else other than him. You know, General Hux isn't isn't evil enough. Um, I don't I don't think uh, has the the power or or the nuance to to kind of take over as a kind of leadership thing. He thinks he does, but he he really doesn't. Um, but I think that would have made it dramatically different had he done that. Um, but regardless... But again, he... I, I think that we were so close to seeing a grey Jedi for the first time. Mm. Uh, um, obviously, that was taken away from us when Kylo said that he wanted her to join him. Yeah. Um, it would have been a much more interesting dynamic. Again, it suffers with Ray because her story is so similar to the story that we've seen in the past. Um, she could, it would have been so, so much more interesting if she'd have said yes. Yeah. Or he'd have gone to her sort of thing. It would like, it was a bit of like, yeah, it's kind of almost in a sense of Ross and Rachel in the series where they don't get together and she's mucking about with Paolo and you kind of think, Oh, just get together already. And then like Ross messes it up. So then they don't get together. It's like, oh man, why did you do that? Like, because they they've done it. They killed him. They got rid of them. Now they're together. Oh no, wait, they ain't. Yeah. It was so frustrating yeah. because it, it, it did see it. Like, and, and I don't think I was the only one who reacted to that. No, um, with disappointment. So we've had that. Uh, Ray kind of goes back. You know, she wants to fight the good fight. Um, leaves Kylo Ren to take over from Snoke and do his evil work with the First Order. Um, they start to try and kill what's left of the rebellion. The rebellion um, have escaped. Um, the only thing they could do was leave the the big ship, go out on smaller ships, and, and land onto a disused uh, former rebel base um, and kind of take refuge there. Um, and uh, you know that kind of ends to the the climax, the last uh, the last part of the film. Uh, they land on on the uh, on the rebel base. They take refuge behind a huge shield. Uh, First order, not very far behind. Um, the equipment there is very old because it's, it's not been used in a long time. So you get to see a lot of kind of retro stuff you've seen in, in other Star Wars films. Um, and I thought this bit was really uh, was was a good sequence as well. Um, I think the uh, they basically bring down this this cannon, which is uh, do they call it like a battering ram cannon or something, which would basically destroy the shield that's on the base that's that's um, yeah that's uh, protecting everybody. Um, yes. Yeah, so the rebellion that's left, and it's not many of them that are left, uh, are there. Um, Finn and Poe say like the only way we're going to survive is if we take out that cannon. Uh, we're going to have to go and wing it, and they go out, and he's very old-fashioned ships that are kind of falling apart on them. Uh, very good sequence. Um, you, feel the, you feel the peril because, uh, you know, you think that um, they're going to die. You actually do think some of them are going to die. You think Finn especially is going to die. He goes on a suicide I thought he was going to die, and um, I, was, I was happy with that. I love Finn, but I think that would have been a perfect way to end his story. Um, he gets saved yeah. at the last minute. Um, so uh, they can't take well that cannon... <laughs> they can't take out the cannon. They think, they think all is lost, uh, and then Luke shows up. 
And this is the first. This is the first part of the film that I cried at. You cried. I cried a couple of times towards the end. The main reason why I cried is not just because Luke showed up, because you know you you kind of thought something like might happen, but it was because of his interaction with Leia, because I knew that that would be the last time that we'd see them together. Yeah. I didn't know, obviously, what was going to happen with Luke, you know, following this. But in my heart of hearts, I thought, this is the last time we're going to see them two together. And it did get me quite yeah. choked um, because of that. And I put it down to, because we were talking about this afterwards, So I get quite emotional at some films anyway. I'm a bit of a wuss like that. But I put it down to the fact that I've been watching Star Wars since I was four years old. Um, and I was obsessed with it when I was a kid. So, you know, Luke Skywalker was my, my first kind of hero before Superman, before Batman, before Turtles or He-Man, Luke Skywalker was my hero. Everyone liked Han Solo because he was the cool one, but Luke was the guy that I admired. And so to see him kind of come back as this legend uh, and I knew we'd be seeing Leia for the last time, if nothing else, did get me quite emotional. Um, and then It he- was lovely the line you said to him as well. He, uh, was it? Uh, he, nobody's ever really gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, more poignant now as well, obviously. Uh, obviously yeah. And he goes out to fight Kylo Ren. Now, what I love about this bit is Kylo Ren just turns around and says, "Right, fire everything on him." And you yeah. think he goes up straight away because I mean, they literally everything they've got is fired at his spot. And he just comes out of it, and the brush of the shoulder. Oh yeah! Everyone if that's not howling. Him, I don't know what is. Ah, it was it was just beautiful. So so well played. Um, so again, yeah. another and again, you just had that sad moment with Leia, and I know it wasn't just me because I mean I know I noticed the guy next to me was getting upset at that bit as well. And you have that poignant moment, and you have that sequence where you think Luke's dead, and he just brushes his shoulder once, and you were creasing up. And that was the balance with this film, is that even in moments of peril, there was humour. And it was that balance between light and dark. And that side of things, I think, was done really well in the film, generally. Um, You get a really nice... Oh, what was that? Hmm. Yeah, I'm back, sorry. Okay. Um, So then you get get a good fight sequence between uh, Luke and Kylo Ren on the planet, just the two of them, lightsabers, a lightsaber, really well, really well done battle. Um, and the rebels realise the reason for what Luke's doing, the sacrifice he's giving, is so they can escape, they can find a way out. Um, yeah. They follow the crystal foxes, uh, see there's a way out, Ray's found where the foxes are coming from in the Millennium Falcon. Um, but there's boulders blocking the way. Ray, now with a little bit of knowledge about how she can use the force, uh, is able to remove those boulders out of the way to free the rebels, who are then able to escape on the Millennium Falcon, so they're saved. Uh, and then it turns out that Kylo Ren can't kill Luke because Luke's not there. Now, when he first got shot at, I thought, is Luke a ghost? And is all the stuff that was on the island was Luke being a ghost. And I thought, no, it can't possibly be that because there was no blue aura around him. Mm. And it turns out it wasn't. It was just that Luke had projected himself there so that everyone thought he was actually there, but he was only there 
in in spirit, essentially. Um, and he knows the rebels are free. He knows there's a, they've escaped, and that's when he departs. And just like Obi Wan before him, he just simply disappears in his cloak. Yeah, and Yoda, of course. Um, so I just I just thought a really well done thing, uh, just really well played out. Um, yeah, just a really good sequence. I thought. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm obviously uh, with the shaking of the shoulder, like it was an absolute class moment, and I'm sure we'll be seeing that online in no time whatsoever. Um, and then you get the Matrix swing back as well. Yeah, uh, where Kyler's gone for him. Um, but I think it was uh, for me like uh, there was one obvious tell the um, the major realised that he wasn't there was because Kylo Ren was leaving footprints in the sort, um, but Luke wasn't. That's true. I hadn't even um, spotted that. That's a, that's a thing I'd spot on a second watch. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's classy. Yeah, there was there was no f- red footprints. Oh, and again, I thought that was really well done. But also because he projected a younger looking Luke, um, and this would have been for not only the rebels but the people watching, the people that are going to go and tell this story of this legend, mm. um, for him to look good rather than dishevelled Luke um, hanging with the porgs and the other alien creatures who were also hilarious. Yes. And I think the poor could have kind of, you know, pushed these to one side, but everything they did was funny. They were yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's shown like this well-groomed loop version. Um, like he possibly looked like he was wearing a syrup. Um, he was that different. Hmm. So I think that it wasn't, you know, blatantly obvious that it wasn't him, but I thought it was very well done. Um, to cover themselves, that it was just uh, him casting himself. Yeah, um, and then obviously, obviously, when Luke then you know lets himself go um, and gives in to the Force, I guess, in the um, he'd done he'd done his bit basically. The yeah, he he didn't want to do that anymore. Um, well, he said, and the, he said his, he went, his legend was there. He said earlier in the film. I come here to die. I come yeah. to this island to, you know, die, essentially. So you knew... And he was ready. Yeah, it's a bit... And again, it kind of echoes back to The Empire Strikes Back with Yoda when Luke goes to Dagobah to see Yoda. Um, yeah. Same thing there. You know, Yoda's there to kind of train him a little bit um, before, you know, he's ready to kind of give up, but he wants to pass that over. And it was the same thing. It was, it was essentially passing the torch. Um, now, the yeah. only other thing we, we kind of skipped over, which I think we should do before we wrap up, um, Admiral Akbar. Ah, quickly written out, wasn't he? Quickly written out, almost with no fanfare as well. Um, yeah. I know the person that played him had died after The Force Awakens had just come out, so I don't know if that's what they did it. But I thought for someone who'd been quite featured in those films, it was a bit of a cop out. Um, yeah. Just letting go like that, but yes, he was good. No, um, Phasma, Captain Phasma, uh, a slightly bigger role. Then yeah. she got in the, in the Force Awakens, but again, quite a small yeah. role for such a tall lady. Um, <clears throat> had a really good fight sequence with uh, with Finn uh, yeah. when when they were just about to be killed on on the ship, and then they get. By attacked. the way, that that fight sequence, obviously not all of it, but that because I watched the trailer on my way home yesterday. Uh, that fight sequence was featured in the trailer. Really, I'm so glad I yeah. avoided the trailer then because I had no and idea had... about it. 
um, the uh, at ats as well they were in the trailer you saw like the whole like sand uh, sorry salt area yeah um, so that was featured in there as well so seeing them would have been a spoiler I believe hang on hang on one second hang on one second was so. doing some quality stuff while he was gone oh man yeah we talk about Captain Phasma yeah Brin of Tar yeah <laughs> yeah um, is she dead well, this is the thing. I, I mean, you, you would expect her not to survive that because she does get, she does get, she does fall through some fire. But that armor yeah. seems to be quite, uh, quite tough. Um, That's it. It's and only I think, fire, and she's not staying in the fire. She's just falling through. The exactly. Fire. So I, I personally think we'll see her again. So I, I don't think it's the last we'll see of Captain Phasma. I hope it's not really because otherwise that character just seems a bit pointless. Yeah, not really done much in you know in this film she did a lot more, but still hasn't really done that much. It's a bit of a baby yeah. effect role otherwise. So I'd like to I'd like to think there's a bit more there. Um, yeah. Okay. Was there anything else about the film that we haven't touched on that you wanted to to bring up? Um, on a lot of the movie. Um. Uh, the Bell thought was really great, by the way, really funny. It was when you had the spaceship come down and you're saying to yourself, that looks like an iron. Honest, honestly, and God, it zooms out and it is an iron. I Honestly, when I saw that, I was like, if this turns out not to be an iron and to be a spaceship, they have lost all my respect in terms of design. Oh, it's brilliant. So, so clever. So, yeah, so clever. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, what's a bit? It's a, it's a bit... Um, Someone needs to die. Um, they've gone like too many movies now where so many people are dying, but none of the main cast are. Yeah. Um, they're obviously getting rid of all the old hands to hand over to the new hands. Mm. Um, but someone needs to die. And that's why I thought that, you know, even with Finn, you know, dying by charges straight into the Batman Ram or whatever it is, that like, would have been something. Because mm. um, the, Re- the Rebels do look severely de- depleted. Um, and you kind of think, like, what are they even fighting for when there's barely any of them interested? But then you see the kid at the end who uses the Force to drag the broom towards him. Mm. So you kind of think, okay, because obviously the film throughout has always been about hope. So there is hope. There's always hope. But uh, so, so, so you just kind of feel that someone should die or should have died by now. Yeah, it, uh, other than like Akbar, it does seem like, oh, well. Again, he's not integral. Yeah. He's just a long running. Yeah. You know, as you say, everyone that's died has, has got some history there. None of the, the new yeah. breeds are. Um, and yeah, I think you almost feel like they're a bit invincible, which I suppose really in retrospect is, is similar to the, the other trilogies because, again, you know, Ben Kenobi dies in the first one, uh, but then Luke and Leia all make it through. Um, all the other major characters make it through, um, just the bad guys that don't. So I suppose it's history repeating itself to a bit. Yeah, but you don't feel there's the. But again, danger. because it because it's it's a different Star Wars, it it's a lot darker, mm. uh, and we've seen so many more people dying mm. in these movies than ever before. So you kind of feel that you know, something's got to give. As with uh, Infinity War, something's got to give there also. Yeah. Uh, 
so you kind of think and it, it, I think it's interesting that they have taken a different turn to the Avenger movies in the Avengers are still playing it up for light they're playing it you know family friendly you know they're playing it you know a lot for joke sort of thing uh, Star Wars you know it was by far the funniest Star Wars movie um, but also it's, it's taking a turn for the darker um, I feel and I, I think it's all the better for it Genuine Peril there was there was bits where there was genuine peril in there yeah. as well, um, where you thought, yeah, how are they going to get out of this one? Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I, I'm going to go and watch it again. I need to yeah. go and watch it again, and as soon as possible. I, hopefully this weekend, if not early next week, I will go and see it again because um, I need to. I can't make a great judgment on this film after one viewing. I need to go and see it again. Um, yeah. And that's it. I, mean, I, I enjoyed it, and I, I came out, and I was buzzing. Um, but there was just a few things that, that nagged at me a bit, and that's the only reason I was a little bit down. But saying that, I felt a little bit like that when I saw Rogue One. Um, yeah. Maybe my problem is is that my anticipation for a Star Wars film in general is just so sky high that it's never going to quite hit that potential. But when you watch what they've done, and then go back and rewatch it, you, you, you're watching it in a different light. And therefore, you you all look at it differently. And I mean, I loved Rogue One uh, the second time I saw it, but I wasn't so hot on it the first time. Um, yeah. And I think repeated viewings will be better with this. Um, I did, but you know, regardless, I still think it was a bit long. Um, no, I think I, I didn't think it suffered. And again, like for, for watching at midnight, I was expecting because I knew the length of the movie. Mm. Um, I was grateful that it started half hour earlier than expected. Um, but no, I honestly didn't feel as I dragged like at all. Um, there were definitely bits that were better than others um, that I was more invested in. But I think that was more for the characters than anything. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed it uh, from start to finish. Um, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, my only concern is where they go next. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a long two and a bit years. I don't know yeah. when... Episode nine is coming out. I don't. I imagine they're probably aiming. They should be aiming for um, two years today, um, yeah, as yeah. they've done with the last last. You know, because uh, the Force Awakens came out almost two years to the day. Yeah. Um, so it would make sense if that's how they're going to wrap it up. But um, they've not confirmed the release date yet. Uh, there's one in the diary. Um, so we'll have to see if it's if we do get it in 2019. Um, or they delay it slightly to 2020. Um, there is talk of them delaying it to come out in May instead. Um, but they seem to do so well at Christmas. I think they might keep that up. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, whatever you feel, I, I think everyone can be in agreement that can't kind of wait to see how this story finishes. Um, so I would definitely say if you've listened to this and you haven't already, go and see it. Um <laughs> It's probably the same length as this. It's not far short. It's not far short. But I mean, would you agree with that? Would you say anything else different to me on that? No, no, absolutely. Go watch it. You definitely watch it at the cinema. Like, God mm. forbid, you watch it on uh, a handheld device, or even wait for it to come out on DVD. Or you go a and watch plane it. Plane or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The same time, I think that where where you could potentially get where taking kids to see superhero movies. I think two hour thirty minutes 
would kind of um, uh, like I'm not going to take my seven year old to see it because it's just too long mm. and I think that they'll fit it like they'll they'll lose interests halfway through yeah uh, I think it's asking too much of like a younger audience unless they're mad on Star Wars and have to see it I say wait for DVD but yeah definitely go and see it um, I saw it in 2D and I think uh, I'm not sure if it's Cineworld or um but it seemed like a really dark print um yeah there were times when you just see uh i'm trying to remember the point of part of the film perhaps it was where ray went into the darkness Mm. um into the dark side um there were parts where like almost the whole screen was black so I'll, i'll be interested kind of to see in a different cinema perhaps um, but I've not seen it in 3D, so I'd quite like to give that a go. But at the same time, if I see it in 3D, the, the glasses add a dark layer. Well, I saw, I mean, if you, <clears throat> a good 3D presentation where it's been calibrated properly should address the, uh, the light issues. So whilst yeah. it will always be a bit darker, if it's been calibrated properly, it won't be noticeably that much darker. Um, yeah. It won't be as, as vibrant. Uh, because you are you know wearing a slightly tinted glass, but um, they should they should accommodate um, that to to kind of offset it. We I saw it in IMAX 3D. Um, they, they were only showing it in IMAX 3D where I was. So you know, while I, I do like a 3D film, I had no preference if I, it was 2D or 3D. Uh, but uh, there was no issues with light at all. It, I, I, yeah. Everything was was perfectly fine. Nothing was too dark. Uh, some good 3D effects um, yeah. but uh, yeah I mean I, I don't think you need to I, if you like 3D stump up the extra if you're not that bothered about 3D I don't think it's going to make that much difference to you but it was a good 3D mm. presentation um, and yeah, like well. colour wise and everything like that no problems so uh, I mean the thing is it's free for you go and see it in 3D mate yeah sure you know and, and see how, yeah, how, and I think see how it goes for you but uh Good. Well, thank you for listening for this long to us two idiots ramble on about Star Wars. Um, I don't know when we're next going to do one. I think we should do a wrap up of the year. Maybe we can get together on Christmas and, and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, definitely. We'll, we'll do a review of the maybe year. Even a, maybe even a Christmas special with Christmas movies. Yes, we did talk about it, didn't we? Yeah, maybe we'll do that as well. Um, and then we'll do a wrap up as well. So we'll do another one of these fairly soon. Um, but just make sure that you've listened to this after watching Star Wars. God forbid you don't. Uh, and do, do you want to sing us out, or are you, you good? <laughs> Last Jedi. Yeah. It's a great song. Get, get us your ringtone. 299 Polyphonic. Spray. Not going to... Polyphonic spray. All right. Well, in that case, uh, it's goodbye from me. Uh, goodbye from me and Joey. You saying goodbye? Night. And it's night from Joey. <laughs> <laughs>